Online scams are becoming extremely common. Whether you're a marketer who grapples with this reality on a day-to-day -day basis or a consumer targeted by these scamsters, you will definitely benefit from a better understanding of the telltale signs of these online scams. Kavita Kanarpati, a Web3 specialist and entrepreneur, offers tips you can implement right now to whet the credibility of the next message that you receive on your phone. You're listening to Digital Gadfly, a monthly podcast series on all things digital marketing hosted by veteran digital marketer Shubho Sengupta. Thank you for tuning in. Over to you, Shubho. Hi, Kavita. Welcome to the Hindu Business Line column, Digital Catfly, which I write for monthly. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us, Kavita. And uh, I've been following your career journey for a long time. Actually, career and <laughs> non-career journey also, considering you're one of the founders of the long-distance, ultra-long-distance running movement in India. You've been doing that for a long time. But uh, you're also a you know, global leader in the crypto field. And I'd like to kind of quiz you around that because my article this month is about uh, you know, these online digital scams that are happening. And you know, one has heard some you know, unfortunate stories and so on. So, yeah. But first of all, uh, tell us about what you've been doing, Kavita, in the last year or so in the Web3 space. Hello, Shibo. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, like you said, uh, there's, there's been a career field and kind of a non-career field. In the past, uh, I think, 25 years since I've been working, uh, I have worked in the IT sector and I've worked in the sports field. And uh, I'm now currently am building um, a self-sovereign identity in the you know, as a base layer for everything that's Web3. Um, when you bring up scams, it is a very good thought that takes me back to the, you know, to what we're, what we're doing. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, scams are not just Web3 based. Uh, they have existed from time immemorial, I would say, uh, whether it was via phone calls, when um, simply people started having, you know, a bank accounts, the elderly were scammed out of their money via phone calls. In Web2, people have scammed out of their money through internet scamming, be people being asked to change their passwords through fraudulent links. The reason why I am building what I'm building is to address this particular problem in uh, the Web3 uh, space, which uses blockchain technologies. Uh, the underlying factor of... Um, okay identity right you know so we, we do not have an identity layer in web 2 which is uh, enabled a lot of scams to percolate and even when uh, one particular scam was being addressed another was being born in web 3 uh, we believe that uh, once we have an identity layer in place a secure immutable uh, verifiable identity layer in in place we can address a lot of these situations whether it is ML, you know, the machine learning, uh, whether it is AI that enables the data that machine learning throws up and through algorithms and everything and the data analysts put uh, certain 
cues in place for the AI to, uh, you know, take care of these uh, the scams and address the scams and provide solutions. It very much requires an identity layer, which is what currently I am doing. If that answers your question as to what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great beginning. But uh, give us an example of how AI, machine learning, etc., would stop a scam dead in its tracks if you want to look at particularly web3 ai and machine learning are not just dedicated to web3 or you know they're not uh, particularly in for web3 they can uh, stop the scams in web2 as well uh, to walk you through one simple uh, you know process that machine learning and ai would help is uh, for machine learning to take uh, data sets, the huge data sets that, you know, every, you know, industry or every company or an enterprise collects and uh, read through that and create patterns and create data sets. And the data analysts take those data sets and create cues for the artificial intelligence, you know, for the AI machines or the AI systems uh, to throw up, you know, instructions. Let's say today, um, if you look at even your uh, transfers, you know, when you're transferring money or paying um, a particular mm -hmm. vendor online, right? Mm -hmm. um, what what a machine learning and AI can do is look at your pattern of spending, with, you know, whether you are a spender, you know, towards books, whether you spend more money on books, you spend more money on items, all of mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. So when suddenly mm -hmm. you have a payment going towards, let's say, a toy, you know, or, mm -hmm. or a face cream or something mm -hmm. that is not in your pattern of spending. Mm -hmm. So now the machine learning has picked up all these data over years from you and has created data sets for you. Mm -hmm. Now, the data analysts have created a queue for AI to say, this is not in this person's pattern of spending. So AI sends you a warning on your screen, just even before you actually say, pay this person saying, you're paying for to so and so person for so and so thing. Are you sure? Right? That is one okay. one that is the main layer that you know that is the simplest mm -hmm. layer that machine learning and AI can kind of create. Mm -hmm. The second layer could be that you know we can have another layer where the money that is being sent out has a stop gap that okay. you know you can actually change your mind for the next one hour or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. You can create another stop gap saying you have made a payment to so and so. You might want to check the you know credibility of all of this. You know, in sometimes you end up making the payment and suddenly you realize this is not something I you know. You may look up or whatever it is, and you you know you realize that you have not in in line with this particular payment. Right. Or you don't agree with this particular payment. <clears throat> you have you know that is a second layer that you know somebody can create. Mm -hmm. That is one way of using the pure technology. Mm. But before you get there, there is a lot that, you know, a data analyst uh, will have to think through and create and, you know, algorithmically cryptographer and uh, an analyst work together and create these algorithms um, in Web3 space. In Web3, you know, they, it's all about encryption, decryption, and, you know, using cryptography to create a certain set of algorithms that, you know, when the information passes from this end to that end, in simple form cryptography is um, decrypting, let's say, plain text. And at the other end, it encrypt, you know, it encrypts the plain text in, at this end and decrypts the plain text at the other end. When it go, going through blockchain, you know, you have to uh, encrypt a set of data and decrypt a set of data using a public key and a private key, right? 
Right. So the way you can actually um, catch the fraudulent uh, transactions is if the public key, somebody can actually you know gain access to your public keys because your public key is on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. But what they don't have access to is the private key. And the phishing happens at the end of the private key. Mm -hmm. Somebody says, you know, we will give you uh, free crypto, you know, if you fill in these forms, you know, if you have lost crypto, you fill in these forms, you put in your private key, you know, the right to as of today, the private key is based on a set of 12 words, right? right, that your wallets give you. So somebody asks you online saying, you know, use this link if you're, you know, if you want to um, receive free crypto or free NFTs and something like that and ask you for your um, private key and somebody puts it in there thinking that they're going to receive something in their wallet, but the wallet is drained out. The way, you know, going forward, the machine learning and AI can also come into play in this particular situation is to understand whether you are you know, entering your data into a link that mm -hmm. is not the not the usual you know you are uh, uh, so let's say and you know, i've lost my access to my uh, wallet right so i want to re restart my wallet so i have my private key written down somewhere and i use that and i you know restart my wallet but if i'm entering my data online somewhere right. i can give me a warning saying that this is not your pattern of behavior I mean, not not so you know, in so certain words, but it can tell you: Are you sure that you want to enter this data? This right, link right. seems suspicious. Mm -hmm. That is where AI can come into play in blockchain. Why do people get conned? You know, why do people get conned online? What's the reason? Unlike the stereotypes that exist, you know, oh, old people can get conned and so on. It's actually anyone. You know, even you know, highly educated, smart people. Who can, be, uh, who can who can become victims and in fact self-confidence I was reading a lot of reports self-confidence is one major factor that causes people to fall for scams so what's your uh, take on this what's your experience it's a good point Kribo and uh, especially in the financial world or um, freebies one thing is which is based on greed you know um, is another reason why people fall for scams confidence yes thinking that they know exactly what they're doing wow you know nobody else is um uh has been given such uh, an opportunity to gain something you know greed basically is also part of the confidence factor that leads them to fall for scams um the thing that you know i'm i'm certain so so and so and i have been let's say i receive something like you've been given a free vacation or a free um, access to a major club. Let's say, you know, there, there are plenty of, you know, you know let's gold club to a uh, gold cup membership to a certain club or something like that, right? Um, right. Makes me feel special, right? The confidence in me makes me feel like, wow, you know, out of the millions of people out there, I'm, you know, I'm the one chosen. That is the confidence level that, you know, gets me to fall for something like that. And the other one is greed. When, you know, when I'm being told that I can receive a, you know, a certain amount of money, all, if, all I have to do is play a, play a quiz and give, me, give a certain amount of data of mine. That certain amount of data could be your right. date of birth, right? And could be your uh, maiden name. And very small key things that can lead them or your old email ID that can key, you know, lead them to recover your newer passwords. Ah, okay. So it's not just a direct, you know, tell us your password kind of thing. They're too, no. sometimes, you know, they're too smart to do that. So they'll ask you associated 
you know, uh, information, points, you know, like old email and so on. But everything leads to your, uh, you know, your your safe uh, the current information. Current yes. information. Okay. Okay. All you require is an old email to get all your newer passwords. Forget right. password, recover it from your old email. Ah, okay. Wow. You've been working in many different geographies. Now you're back in India. I mean, uh, in a sense, you're also, you know, you're a global person. You're also working for, a, uh, you know, overseas company. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are the various, uh, you know, security measures that uh, governments have taken? you know, whether the US or Europe or, you know, other geographies. Can you share something with us? Globally, we have the GDPR where everybody has to, you know, comply to, you know, the data protection laws, right? The regulatory laws. But in the sense of protecting uh, somebody from a scam, this has to come at the level of, you know, a transaction level, right? Having the loss is one thing, you know, you know, enabling all the companies that, let's say, financial companies to put in place um, to address the scams is is a different factor. Um, protection, yes, you know, that you cannot take the data, you cannot collect the data, you cannot store the data. Those are those are what those the data protection laws uh, address. But what we require is, you know, the uh, the implementation of these particular AI models. At the transaction level, to ensure that the scam the scammers are pushed back at every level possible, whether it is via browser, whether it is via the UPI based transaction, whether it is uh, to ask you to buy a certain thing and collect some data. At every transaction level, these laws have to uh, become practically used. That is where we we will see a lot more. Um, data being protected and the transactions being secure. So this, uh, you know, digital DPDP proposed DPDP bill. There's also, uh, you know, the the, the uh, child uh, sexual abuse angle, which yes. is, uh, you know, you you, you cannot, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, parental consent is absolutely necessary to, you know, process any kinds of children's data. I mean, mm -hmm. the pro you know, using kids, using data to profile kids is completely prohibited. So a lot of, you know, uh, work is needed in this area, you know, to protect our children. So that's so another point that here. There is a, there's a huge use of AI and ML in that particular direction, right? So the person sitting behind a computer, it is hard to say who it is. Um, a child can have access to their parents' uh, logins and you know, pretend to be an adult yeah, and yeah. communicate with an adult on the other side. And um, you would not be able to, you know, uh, the other, the, personally, you'll not be able to figure it out. And a lot of um, uh, safety can come into play there. But what AI and ML can do is the way a child communicates with an adult, Right. They can read uh -huh. that particular, you know, while the encryption is happening between communication, let's say WhatsApp is encrypted at your end, decrypted, you know, decrypted at the other end. But while all of this happening, the, you know, the machines themselves can try and figure out if it's an adult on the machine or if it's a child on the machine and lock, you know, lock wow. certain, yes, lock certain transactions that can happen on, on, on a communication. And that is one particular area where uh, it can uh, protect the children, because right now we do not know who sits behind the computer. That is what is the problem in the Web2 space, right? 
and the Web2 space, the I, you know, IP address um, identifies you. Right. I can be sitting behind right. your computer and be sending an email from your email ID to somebody else. How can you prove it was not you? Yes, yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. So Web3 addresses that. The Web3, the identity layer that we are building in Web3, in what is what we call the self-sovereign identity, which is based on a DID, mm -hmm. which is a you know, decentralized identifier. It enables that particular layer that you, you are the person behind that computer. It adds that identity layer to a Web2. That right, is where right. security comes in. And AI and ML can enable learning who's behind the computer as well, based on the keystrokes, based on the language that is used and protect the children further. I'm sure there are, I mean, Facebook and, you know, these large platforms do this, use this to some degree. I hope they do. Um, I'm not sure so far, I know uh, there are a lot of children you know, um, on Facebook and uh, young children on Facebook who, okay. you know, whose uh, age is, you know, according to uh, the Facebook is 21 because their birth dates are, you know, altered to, you know, meet the regulations. I'm not sure they're locking them out. Their pictures are online. They're posting online um, and they're doing all kinds of things online. They're not being locked out. You know, can you give our young listeners some tips to spot online hanky-panky, whether it's a scam, whether it's potential abuse, whether it's, you know, some identity theft or something can you give us three or four or five uh you know red flags to watch out for sure Shibu. um there are a couple of things everyone can uh spot the first thing is if it is too good to be true it is absolutely not good for you that is what i would say the second thing is you can technologically you can spot something if it is not https uh you should actually always look at the url it is not a secure site. It is could be a phishing site. And if you have received anything from a uh, financial looking, you know, um, you know, uh, industry, let's say from it, you know, any bank or any particular industry, go and check their main website, Google that particular um, entity, and you will find their original website. So it's always, you know, easy for us to say that you know uh, in that moment of um, greed or in that moment of confidence we overlook these things if it's too good to be true it's not good for you if it is not looking the exact you know you, you can spot something spelling mistakes you know and um, small changes in the urls and the missing of the s in https these are the main things that you can easily spot uh, a fraudulent or a phishing or a scam. So Kavita, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for, you know, demystifying a lot of stuff we didn't know about, uh, you know, protecting ourselves online and how, you know, various Web3 tools would help, you know, make it a safer, safer world. Thank you so much, Shivo. And uh, parting, I would say that, you know, I look forward to a lot from the younger generation. There's a lot of learning to be had in uh, with three technologies. Happy to educate or, you know, contribute anytime. Thank you so much, Shibo. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what you heard, share the link and check out our website, thehindubusinessline.com. You'll hear more from us next time.